1: I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. I'm super excited today to bring on a guest out of Alabama, Brian Tripp. Brian, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm excited to be here. Thank you for coming on. So um, this is going to be one of the episodes of the cash flow series where we talk about markets where you can still cash flow in. And Brian, we were talking about a couple minutes ago, like I mentioned to you, those markets are becoming fewer and farther between nowadays. Yeah. So, um... I, I heard about Brian, it was, uh, you know, a mutual friend that, that connected me. And I was actually listening uh, to one of his presentations. And he started talking about the numbers that he's getting in the rental market. And I was just like, man, it's kind of crazy, because it's almost like, I feel like every market is either a cash flow market, or a huge flip profit market. Yeah, and And where I'm at, I mean, if we're not making 60, 70, 80k on a fix and flip, we feel like we failed. But on the buy and hold side, I can get a 30% discount on a property off a of fair market value today. And I'll be negative on day one as a rental. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, yeah. as I mentioned, you know, you've, you're still in one of those markets where you can cash flow. Tell me about the numbers in your market and kind of what that looks like.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I appreciate you having me on. I'll do the best I can for your audience. Um, yeah. So I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. You better Birmingham. do the best you can. I, I'm going to do that. I'll give, give you guys the absolute best. <laughs> cool. um, I'm, in, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham is is a cash flow market. Always has been. always will be. You're right. What you said earlier is that even in Birmingham, that's always been a hardcore cash flow market even in Birmingham, the numbers are starting to get skewed a little bit because we're seeing record high appreciation. There's record high appreciation going on all across the nation, right? Yeah. Um. So Birmingham is still the cash flow market. So you asked about the numbers. Um, it, it really just kind of varies. Um, so w- the way I teach, you know, I've got a lot of coaching students here um, in, and I do a lot of, like you said, presentations and stuff. So the way I kind of teach it is there's cash flow or there's appreciation. And you need to pick, do you wanna invest for cash flow or do you wanna um, invest for something that's a little more volatile, like appreciation? Like if you're up in Boston, you get that appreciation. In Birmingham, you're maybe over time gonna get one percent, right? So if so you're
1: saying you're seeing record
2: prices even when you're at, what does that look like yeah, percentage yeah. year over year? And that's what yes, sir. So that's what I was about to say is that we're Birmingham is about one percent appreciation on average over the course of that's history. So crazy. But, but right now, over the past two or three years, we're seeing eight, nine, ten percent appreciation in some areas. Not not the entire Greater Birmingham area, but in some parts of Birmingham, which for us is nuts. That, that's that's the volatile stuff. It's like we we feel like we're we're L.A. We're San Francisco right now. We're Boston, you know. Yeah, so yeah. we're seeing crazy appreciation numbers. But you yeah. asked about the 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 cash flow numbers. And so it really depends if you're going to go into an a type of area, get an a class property, you're still going to be able to cash flow it a little bit. And you can't, I don't know that you can do that in a lot of markets, um, no. you know, an a class property and no, still no. cash flow. Um, you're, you're typically going to buy an a class property for appreciation. You buy it and you hold it. You take the negative cash flow in the short term to get the long-term benefits of the appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get a little, I'm talking, when I say a little, you're 1, two, three percent cash flow, right? Uh-huh. Um, but you get a solid B class property in a working class area. It's a not section eight type of area. It's not, it's a, it's a really good solid area. You're going to see eight to 10. Maybe even if you get a good deal, like you said, um, if you get a 70 cents on the dollar deal, you're going to get 12, 13, 14% um, return on your money. On the cash flow on a B class property. And that's and that's the sweet spot. And that's why you see investors come from all over the country and they're putting money right here in Birmingham. You see Chinese money coming into Birmingham. You see money all throughout the world investing right here because like you said earlier, you can't get cash flow in a lot of markets right now. Birmingham is, that, is one of those spots.
1: It's kind of crazy because there's Chinese money coming into Boston and it doesn't make any sense to me. Because, you know, they're they're dumping in a ton of money into these high end areas. And I know what you said, you know, some people are banking on appreciation. Right. But we've got to be close to the end of this cycle in terms of prices. Right. right. So they're buying, hoping for appreciation at the end of the cycle and not getting cash flow. It just seems so crazy to me. Like why would you know, if you're in another country, you're in China, whatever country you're in and you've got money, why would you ever go into Boston when you go into Alabama and get guaranteed returns?
2: Well, because I, I think that I think that's a good point. It's a good question. But at the end of the day, I think that there are people out there who invest for appreciation and they've done very, very well. It's it's I I equate that to putting money in the stock market. Right. You over time in Boston, if I put money in an A or a B class area in Boston, you correct me if I'm wrong, over a 10 to 15, 20 year period of time, I'm gonna be I'm gonna win. Right.
1: Yeah, but our, so, so if, you t- if you think about what's happened, so basically 2005 in Boston was basically the height of the market. The problem is, though, like I feel like this is almost 2005 now, and we've just surpassed the 2005 number. So I feel like somebody today, they might have to wait 10 years to get that appreciation.
2: But that, but but that's what they're banking on though. Yeah. I I think, I think that that's, you know, there are certain areas even here within Birmingham, there are certain communities that that are, that are kind of the higher end areas that over time, it's a fact it's going to appreciate two to 3% year over year. Right. There are areas like that. I'm sure in Boston that, you know, over time. So it's the same thing, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that because I'm a conservative investor, and like you said, I want the guaranteed cash flow. Yeah, right. Um, and that's my choice. I think if you're an investor, I don't, I don't devalue either one. I just think that you need to be educated and you need to understand if you're, if you're investing for cash flow in Birmingham, you're not going to see a lot of appreciation. Yeah. But if you're investing for appreciation, maybe in a place like Boston, in a, in a proven area. Which there there, I'm sure there are proven areas that are definitely gonna appreciate year over year. Um, and they're gonna it's more volatile, right? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see bigger, um, steeper declines, but you're also gonna see steeper inclines when it comes to the appreciation number. So I just think I try to educate people in the sense that I don't think either is wrong. Mm-hmm. The cash flow way is more conservative and more. For me and my taste, I don't like the volatility, right? Yeah. I don't like the uncertainty and the volatility.
1: Yeah, I just feel like I mean, this is just, you know, my thing is like I, I own a bunch of rentals in Boston and I'm selling some of them because I think the prices are so high. I think we're gonna see a little bit of a correction and I'm putting money in other markets that are flatter. So I just I mean, again, you know, it's all kind of what you want to do, but um I just I just always look at rentals like if you can get if you can get cash flow and appreciation, why not go yeah. for both?
2: Well, so that but but that's the thing. Yeah, you know, I think that that's the that's the you know the golden nugget there is is to get cash flow and a little bit of appreciation. Yeah, and that's and that's really rare because you're not you're not. There are a couple of spots that you can do that a little bit in Birmingham, but not really. I mean, it's really cash. It's a cash flow market. I think right now. We're seeing record high appreciation all across America. Yes, right. So you're even getting some of that appreciation here in Birmingham, which is never historically going to appreciate that much. So I don't bank on that. I, I treat personally. I'm a cash flow investor, and I treat appreciation as a bonus. I yep. never calculate it into my numbers. I just, even though ROI, if you actually take the the, the actual definition of ROI, it's cash flow. Plus appreciation Mm divided by your investment. That's the actual definition of it. I just take the appreciation out of it completely and I just treat it as a bonus.
1: So, what happened to Birmingham during the last crash? Like, did you got, what were the, what were the, were there decreases in prices? Was it flat or what did it look like?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we we took a hit like everywhere else in America, right? Um, The thing about Birmingham though, and the thing about, so I equate Birmingham to like a Memphis. We're yeah. very similar to Memphis. If you had to compare us to anything. So to answer your question, we we took a hit, but again, we're not the volatile market where we're just gonna go way down and way up and, and all this stuff. We if you look at our graph of the of the sales and the median sales price and, and inventory and all this stuff, it, it does like this. When most markets are, you know, it does it does a slight down curve. In most markets like Denver, a Boston, you know, a San Francisco, it's a Phoenix taking a steep steep. If you look at those graphs, it is steep how bad it went, how bad it fell off. Now, so Birmingham, just real quick, not that I I just want to kind of tie this in a little bit. Birmingham City is is only about 300,000 population, but Greater Birmingham is 1.1 million. Birmingham is made up of many, many little cities. Mm-hmm. Greater Birmingham is. So I say that to say there are certain little towns and little cities around Birmingham that did take huge hits. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain ones that didn't really get affected really at all because they're more purely cash flow areas. And the people investing in those areas, it, it didn't affect them because they're not reselling anything. There are no sales. There are bar- bar- barely any sales. So it's all rents. Mm-hmm. And the rents weren't really affected.
0: Mm.
1: So talk about, you said your bread and butter is like the B-class neighborhoods. Yes. What does that look like in terms of a purchase price and then maybe a renovation and then what they rent out on a month-to-month basis?
2: Yeah. So um I I invest I like the B B plus kind of area. So what that looks like for us now, and I'm I'm I I typically shock some people that that aren't in our in our market.
1: You started to shock me when I was watching your presentation. I'm not I'm not to the point to the point where this might lead to a conversation of me saying, How can I get into your market?
2: Yeah, contact me. Yeah. (laughs) So so yeah, so you can get into a B class, a solid brick house. Um, three bed, two bath, brick house. You can retail. This is retail value. This is not even buying it at a discount like investors want to buy it. Retail on the low end, eighty thousand. On the high end, mm-hmm. $80,000 to one hundred ten thousand. Your your rents are going to be somewhere in the nine hundred to eleven hundred range. Where you're going to, after expenses, you're going to get a solid. 10 10 on the minimum side, you know, eight to 10 minimum, but you can really find deals out there where you can get 10, 15, 18% return on your money in some of these areas.
1: So what the numbers you're talking about, like every, every time I buy a property in Boston, I'm looking for that, that hundred times rent for a price. So I'm looking at if I pay 300,000, I want to collect $3,000 in rent. And, and I can't even do that when I buy at a 30% discount as of November, 2017, when we're talking right now. And what you're saying is in your market, you can just go on the MLS, buy a property and get those numbers.
2: Oh, hundred yeah. percent.
1: Yeah, you can go on the MLS right oh, now. Oh, actually, I wanna, sorry to cut you off, but I wanna just mention an important point. I'm talking about bad neighborhoods. I'm talking about neighborhoods where if we don't get guaranteed, you know, section eight money, we, I mean, we, we couldn't even buy these. So I'm talking about you get a 30% discount in some of the worst neighborhoods in the greater Boston area with tenants that are going to be bad. I'm talking, you know, whatever you want to call the class. I mean, what's the worst class? Is it C? Well, I call it war zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it, war zone areas. Um, and we still can't get that return. So it's crazy. Yep.
2: Yeah. So you could go on the MLS right now. I mean, I could, I can pull it up for you. I can show it to you where you could buy a house in a, in a solid B class neighborhood for 40, 50, 60 K, maybe put 15, 20 into it to get it really quality um, rent ready to where you're going to attract a quality tenant. You're going to be all in for 80, 90, and you're going to get 900 minimum rent, probably a thousand, maybe 1100.
1: So on, on each one and you're doing, is it all single families for the most part?
2: For me, no. I, I'm a. i am like to keep it a little bit diversified as far as what I do. I've got so so full disclosure here. I think you know. I, I always say I have 80, I've i just got my 80th door, but 59 of those is a mobile home park. I own a mobile home park um here in the greater Birmingham area. I have an office building um where my office is, and it's a strip mall. Um, I've got that. That's six units in there, and then the rest are single family. So I got to kind of do the math for a second. Um, So what is that? 65. So I have 15 single family houses right now.
1: Hmm. And how do you compare one versus the other? Are you, I guess, what's your goal? Like after kind of owning a little bit of of different types of properties, is your goal to keep accumulating the singles or go after bigger stuff and why?
2: Yeah. So I think that's where I'm at. I mean, I think that if you're new and you're getting started, I think you need to start with one. Mm-hmm. You need to start with a single family residence and it can even be your own um, that you currently live in. And if you want to move out, just keep it. I, that's how I typically teach people. Um, and that's how I started on um, with one, but that I've got kind of gotten to the point to where I do want to branch out. I've got this mobile home park that I've had for two years now and it's been phenomenal. It's been a phenomenal, um, uh, cash flowing property for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to maybe get into some stuff like that. I am looking, um, my next purchase is probably going to be an apartment building. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there. I'm kind of where I, I feel like, um, you can do some stuff here in Birmingham where you can get probably a C class apartment building. And you know, there are a lot of areas that are up and coming that are, that are, notoriously bad but they're bringing industry into it and you can get a property like that that's vacant that's been vacant for a while but it's all brick maybe get an 8 12 16 unit um and then fix it up and you can st- you can end up with returns in the 15 to 18 20% range so that's where I am today um but that's after I spent the first you know 3 to 4 years of my investing career trying to get trying to understand the single family residence cuz I think you need to understand that first yeah. Um. And but you know I've got some I've got some mistake properties that I still hold onto where I was buying in D class C class areas that I would rather go ahead and liquidate those and put that cash into a, a B class property. I'd I'd rather have fewer B plus kind of properties, but that cash flow really well and that are that are mostly that are very little leveraged. Yeah. Uh, than have all these D class C class area type of properties where on paper, it looks like you're getting great returns, but you know, and I know that that doesn't always work out because you know, things, I'm sure this happens in Boston where you have theft and vandalism, you have bad tenants, you have evictions, you have all these different things that are going to throw your numbers all askew. You think you're getting 30, 40, 50% and you're really not. After they steal an air conditioner, you're replacing <laughs> stuff like that. So
1: that's, that's my whole business model right there. You know, the, the lower class, um, is know, it? That, it is, it is, and and we get all, get pretty much, I don't know if we have any tenants, we've got about 300 uh, doors ourselves. And I have, I have two other partners, by the way. Um, and everything is pretty much government paid. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. And that's really, in Boston, the only way you can get that 10 cap. So that's what we do. And, you know, I'm not about appreciation at all. I mean, like you mentioned, I look at appreciation the same way. If I get it, that's awesome. But I look at it like, you know, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. You know, I'm buying this on cash flow. I'm buying it on the fact that this is my retirement plan. Um, And I do a lot of fix and flips, but this is what I'm going to end up retiring on. So, um, and I think, like you mentioned, kind of the differences um, in starting with single families. I think there can be some real benefits of owning single families too, because I think it's easier to get a discount on a single family than a big, big complex, because the person who's selling a single family is just, you know, an average everyday person that might, you know, have some financial problems or they might just want to sell fast for cash. Whereas like an apartment owner, obviously there can be some issues there, but they're more, you know, seasoned investor. Yeah, I mean, and it's easier to liquidate the singles too. So yes. when, you're, when you're talking about liquidating a 20 unit building, you know, there's a handful of people in, in the market that that can take it down. Whereas the single family, any you know person can, can buy it, whether that's even an owner-occupant or somebody who wants to buy it as a rental.
2: Yeah. I think right now, what's, I think everything he says dead on, but right now what's happening with the multifamily stuff is it's so overpriced. Everywhere across the board, I've, I've you know, just been doing the research for the past year, um, especially you know in, in Birmingham for sure, <clears throat> but across the board, it's, it's really overpriced. And to be honest, what I'm doing right now, I've only bought three houses this year. In 2017, I've only bought three houses. You know what I've done with the rest of my cash? I've got it in stocks, and I know this isn't a stock show. Yeah, but I've got. uh, You're talking about the stock market has set over 60 um, all-time highs in the past year. Yeah, I mean, like right now, I just feel like there are certain things um, that are going on. Like I feel like we're in a melt up right now with with, when it comes to stocks, and I'm trying to ride that wave. And I've seen my money is almost doubled. In the yeah. stock market in the past year. And so I'm just, I'm just kind of riding this wave. It's not going to last forever. I'm going to get out and I'm waiting for the next. I think a lot of investors right now that have been doing this for a while, they kind of see the handwriting on the wall. I'm not saying that it's going to happen in six months, mm-hmm. but I know, I think we're close. And I think a lot of people think that we're close um, to a decline, a correction, not a crash, but a correction. And that's when I want to go out. And that's when I want to take the my liquid cash cuz i'm liquid right now which is great mm-hmm. um which is the benefit of of um you know i don't want to buy right now at the, at the height of the market mm-hmm. you know if i if there's a great discount that we can get through our marketing i want to do it but i want to buy at 2012's prices mm-hmm. i don't want to buy it at 2017's prices so if i can't get it at 2012's prices i'm not going to buy i'm just not buying right now
0: let's take a quick break from the episode to get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors. Join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com coaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. So you talked a little
1: bit in the presentation about like the burst strategy and stuff like that, where, you know, you buy, renovate, um, you know, refinance rent, refinance, and get most of your money back out. So, given that you think that, you know, the market might correct and you want to have some, some cash, um, if you're using the burst strategy, you're putting money in and you're getting it back out. So what would be the negative today for you of just continuing to do that?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the negative. Um, and yeah. this, is, this is eye-opening and this is scary for a lot of people who don't understand how commercial loans work. Pretty much every commercial loan out there that you're it's going to be a commercial loan, right? If you're if you're doing that if, you, if it's an investment property. Yep. Any pretty much any commercial loan out there has a, a little clause in it. Every one of them. You can go look and you probably have some. Go look. They all have this little clause in there that says there's usually a 5-year balloon that you have to go and get a refinance and the, the banker always says oh don't worry about it everything's going to be fine but there's all, there's not only that there's also this little um little known clause in these um in these mortgages that say if the bank if the lender believes that the property or the investment the asset is unsafe
1: mm-hmm.
2: they can take it back if they believe it to be unsafe mm-hmm. <laughs> not if you missed a payment, not if you, and that is a scary, scary, scary thing when they can literally just come and take my property, even if I've been on time it, it, and they can call the entire note due right then and there. Yeah. That's scary, man. Um, that's, that's the biggest reason why. And there, you know, when you go back I wasn't investing in 2007, 2008. Okay. I didn't start until 2012, but When you go, I've done a lot of research and I've gone back and talked to, I host a podcast too, and I go back and I talk to a lot of investors that have been doing this for a long time and they survived the crash or they got hit by the crash. I always ask them how they survived, what happened, what are you doing now to protect yourself? And a lot of them mention that clause, that they had property taken away from them, even though they weren't missing payments. Mm, That's crazy. That is definitely something I've never heard of um go look at your go look at some of your commercial mortgages oh yeah
1: yeah i i guarantee you know i i believe you know what you're saying is correct it's just something like it, it's kind of mind-boggling that 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 could even happen I from a bank's perspective what would be the reason they'd want to take it back if you're not missing payments
2: it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I can't get inside yeah. their head, but it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Just the fact that that clause is in there, um, that they can literally take it back for any reason. If they deem it to be unsafe, like the, if they believe that you're going to miss a payment, if they believe that it's something, whatever, they can do whatever they want to do. And that's, that's not something that I, I don't want to put my fate in someone else's hands.
1: So someone comes into Brian Tripp's coaching program in Birmingham today. What are you advising them to do
2: in, in order to make money right now? Like what strategies? Wholesale. 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 So, so I'm not a fix and flip guy. Um, when I first started, I started wholesaling. I didn't, when I first got started, I didn't want to wholesale. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of ended up happening. I wanted to be a real estate investor. I wanted to be a property owner. I'd never owned a thing in my life. You know, I want to own property. Mm-hmm. Um, when I made $10,000 on my very first deal without a whole lot of effort either, by the way, and it was a wholesale deal, it kind of like changed my thinking a little bit. It's like, wow, it's kind of, cause I need to cash. I started with no money and bad credit mm-hmm. and I need to cash. And so when that happened, it, it opened up my eyes, a, this thing works and B, Hey, you know what? There's something, something to this wholesale thing. So now I talk to investors, that are and, and I started a wholesale business and it's been very successful for about 4 years now. Um, and I talked to investors throughout the country and they're just like, man, I'm sick of fl- I'm sick of flipping houses. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know, when you flip a house, you, you got done saying, if I don't make 70, 80,000 on a flip, well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's awesome. If you can make 80K, man, go for it. But that's not what's happening in Birmingham. And no. that's, you know, that's not what's happening across America either. The average flip in America is like, I think the net profit's 50,000, yeah. but in Birmingham, it's more like 20,000. And my average wholesale is ten to twelve thousand, which yeah. is it's low nationwide. But for Birmingham, that's kind of good. So if my average wholesale is ten to twelve thousand dollars, and the average net profit you're going to make on a flip is fifteen to twenty thousand, and you're going to be in that flip for four to six months, I'm going to be in this for you know as little as seven days. It's a no-brainer to me that wholesale is so um, the barrier of entry is low. Um, it doesn't, and it's, if you have a few cash buyers that are, especially now in this market that are crushing it, and they're buying high volume. It's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's pretty easy. You know, yep. and that's what I teach people when they get in with, with, and they don't have a whole lot of money or a whole lot of resources. Um, I can help them right away do deals. You know, um, one of my, one of my, one of my first coaching students is he, um, he came on board in our, in our program, I told him exactly what to do marketing-wise. He did it. He took the call. We did the follow-up. Our office did the follow-up for him. Our office set the appointment. We told him to go on the appointment. He came back and told me on the phone all the details. I told him to offer X. He went and offered it. They accepted it. He got the contract. My buyer came in and bought the property, and he made $13,500. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't do... I, I did everything for him. So,
1: so, um, wholesaling, I mean, for, for what you're telling me, the numbers for your market, it's definitely a no brainer. And I think in every market, right. every market, it's a little bit different. hundred percent. Um, our wholesale fees here are definitely bigger. I mean, we're, we're probably more like 20 to 25,000, but having said that I've made over $300,000 on a wholesale before, believe it or not. That's awesome. and, that, and that's only because of the fact that numbers were higher. So I bought something for one, two, and I wholesaled it for one, five. So really it's a percentage thing. And, you know, whereas like in your market, maybe you're, you're selling something, you, you get something for 25, you're wholesaling it for 40. So that's exactly more.
2: what's happening. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, talk a little bit about the strategy. So what's working really well for you and your students right now on the marketing side to get these wholesale deals?
2: Yeah so um for my coaching students um we do um I teach them direct mail yeah, um, I think direct mail is kind of tried and true. It's proven. Yeah. Um, even though the numbers across the board are, are a lot, the, the, you know, your kind of, um, response rates are getting lower and lower. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of testing with Facebook ads. I don't give that to my students yet. I want to test stuff and perfect it before I let them spend their money on it. So yeah. we're doing a lot of testing with Facebook ads and um, Instagram ads The the problem with Facebook ads, well, face, first of all, Facebook is the most powerful marketing platform in the world. Um, if you're not marketing on Facebook in some form or fashion, then you're, you're, already, you're already missing the boat. It's the most undervalued, underpriced form of marketing, and it's the best. Yeah. Uh, so you should be doing it. But the problem with, with doing Facebook ads for, for We Buy Houses is who are you targeting? Yep. You don't know who you're targeting. Yeah. There's no, like, if, if I want to try to sell my coaching, I want to target people who are interested in, or, or you know, beginners or interested in, in real estate. Maybe I can target HGTV um, watchers. You know, I can, I there's a certain, um, a certain uh, demographic that I can easily target. But for We Buy Houses, it could be anybody, anywhere who inherits a property or has a property or, you know what I'm saying? So that's the challenge and that we're trying to, me and a couple of people nationally are trying to figure out um, how can we leverage the power of Facebook and the power of Facebook marketing and really get those leads. And we're, we're, we're successful, we're profitable, but the numbers aren't, <laughs> the numbers aren't, we want to be 10%. We, if we put in 10,000, we want to make a hundred thousand on that 10,000, right? Um, it's more like if we put in 10,000, we're making 30,000. So it's still profitable. It's just not, the numbers aren't where we want them to be. So there's something new on Facebook. And it's
1: something, um, I don't know if if this specific term is the right term that's new, but you can upload names and addresses of people and hit those people on Facebook. Yeah, 100%. We do that. Oh, you do that. Okay.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you can, you can, yeah, absolutely. We, we do that like for our um, absentee owners for our yeah. driving for a dollar addresses. Yeah, yes. we, we do that. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: We've, we've um, we've been really successful with Facebook and it's one of the things that we highly recommend mailing works. Like you mentioned, the cost per lead is just so high now for us. We've actually got a mailing center in our office. We've got somebody that works full time in the mail room but for the average person, the problem is the amount of volume you have to send out nowadays is so high, and a lot of yeah. people just don't have that budget. Where on Facebook, we're getting anywhere from you know sixty to one hundred and twenty dollar um, leads. I, I don't know what it costs in your; it might be a little bit less in your market,
2: but um, in our no, market, that's, that's about what it is. Actually, I, I, I think that's too high.
1: Well, yeah, it could always be yeah. lower, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, so you guys, so somebody new comes in, they're doing some mailing, you're, you're testing out the Facebook ads. What about anything? Like, obviously everybody wants to know, what can I do that doesn't cost me a lot of money? Is there anything in your market that's working pretty well? that doesn't cost that much.
2: Yeah. And I want to, I want to make this one point though, about what you're saying. It's that, that number is high for us. You know, you're talking about hundred dollars a lead on Facebook. That's high for us because our, our, um, our wholesale profits are as yeah, big as you're right. You're right. That's not, why, I wasn't even factoring that in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why the percentages aren't really working for us, but the, the, those numbers are accurate. What you're saying for, for even for us in our market. But, um, so, um, what can you do that's cheap and free? Um, I, I prefer if you're new, don't go out and spend a bunch of money on marketing because if you do, and you don't do a deal, you're probably going to quit real estate. You're probably never going to do real estate again, and so I highly discourage you from throwing thousands of dollars in direct mail, especially if you don't know what you're doing with direct mail, because there it is, there is an art to it. Um, or throwing thousands of dollars at Facebook, whatever it is, don't do that. Um, there's some always some tried for us now. Again, you know, I think this is market to market for us. Bandit signs are are very effective, and the the thing about bandit signs in our area is first of all, I'm not telling anyone to do anything illegal, by the way. So if you, if, if bandit signs are against city ordinances and stuff, don't, you know, that's kind of up to you and your conscience. So I don't want to tell anybody to do things that aren't legal for our area. There, there's no one here that's doing bandit signs consistently. No yeah. one. And so I've got a couple of coaching students who um, I just tell them be consistent with whatever you choose. Don't dabble in anything. Bandit signs are cheap, not free. Um, you know, little things like billboard cards, mm-hmm. which is just a, uh, um, I call it billboard cards. It's just a, um, it's a business card. And all it says on it is we buy houses and then there's a phone number, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Do not overcomplicate that kind of stuff. And my cards are literally black and white. It's black um, ink on white, a white business card. Mm-hmm. And Go, don't go out of your way to put these things out. Just, I put them in credit card, um, holders at gas pumps, I put them, um, you know, in between boxes of cereal at the grocery store. I put them on the table when I'm, I'm at a restaurant I'm eating, I put yeah. them at the, the table. Don't go out of your way. You're probably only going to do two or three, but you're going to do two or three deals off of it. If you're, if you put out maybe 10, 15, 20 a week. Um, but, and that doesn't sound sexy but you spend about 10 bucks on a box of business cards and you know, you're not going out of your way to put them up. So that's a little thing that you can do for us. Driving for dollars is huge here. Um, mm-hmm. Driving for dollars is, is absolutely all it takes is time and gas. Yeah. So um, and when you say driving for dollars, are you talking about,
1: Identifying properties and then marketing to them, or literally door knocking on the doors.
2: Both, yeah, both. So what I what I teach that's most effective here in our area um, is finding the driving. For, you're driving around and you're looking for obviously vacant houses. We always knock on the door to see if there's anyone there, just to verify. And if no one's there, we leave a, one of our billboard cards in the um, in the door, mm-hmm. and then we jot down that address. We look up in the tax records. Who is the owner of that property? And if it's an absentee owner, like if the owner does not live in the property, they live somewhere else and they live locally, we go and knock on that door mm-hmm. as well. So I teach that. That is something that's really powerful, guys. So here, here's, I don't know if this is kind of like a newer kind of investor kind of show or a, you know, kind of for experienced guys, but I'll just say this if you're new and you want to get started in real estate, it's, this is not something that just you're going to snap your finger and you're going to make a million dollars. It, 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 there really is work involved in this. And the people I see who are most successful, my coaching students who are most successful, and me, when I started, you got to be hungry at real estate and you cannot be afraid to talk to people. And you've got to go door to door, knock on doors. That's what I did start now. You know, I don't do it now because I just throw money at at yeah. Facebook, I throw money at, at direct mail and it's just easier. It's either In the beginning, it's either time or money. Well, it's always, it's either time or money. In the beginning, I didn't have any money, so I had to spend time knocking yeah. on doors. i um, skip and, tracing, doing stuff like that. But now I've got a little bit of money. Now I just throw money at direct mail and I save my time. So if you're new, that's how I start. That's cheap and free and you, there's no doubt about it. If you hustle and you don't give up, you will be, you'll, you'll make money wholesaling. And that's what I teach. So I had
1: somebody that was local who wanted to learn how to be a real estate investor. They had no money. I went door knocking with them personally for two days. We bought That's a house. Awesome.
2: That's awesome.
1: In two days. And um, I love it. I love that. Unfortunately, the person did not continue on door knocking after, after those two days. It's hard. But, oh, it's hard. well,
2: you know, I don't know. It, I think it's it's hard. It's hard psychologically. Yeah. And not, 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 it's not, not physically. It's, yeah. it's hard mentally. Um, to keep it, doing that, you it's know, exhausting it, mentally,
1: you know, it, it's like anything else though, right? Like, you know, you want to be in good shape, like going to the gym's not fun, but you know, it is what it is. Like, I think, I think any, if you really want to make money in anything, you've got to be willing to do the things that other people won't do
2: hundred percent. So,
1: so if it's easy, everybody will do it and it, you can't make money doing it. So that's why, that's one of the reasons why I'm like a little bit, you know, even though I do a lot of mailers still. It's one of the things I always tell people, like the reason why mailers, the cost per lead keeps going up is because it's the easiest thing for somebody brand new. They go online, they click a button, the mailers go out. So because of that, there's the most competition. So obviously, as a real estate investor, we want to get minimal competition. Door knocking, you know you have zero competition. Bandic signs, zero. yeah, bandic signs, you you have maybe a little competition, like you mentioned. People get excited, they go through a three-day seminar. They put they put them out and they stop. But there's always a little competition on banding signs, door knocking. Nothing, nothing. No, nobody will, nobody will do that. And the thing about buying houses or anything sales related is face to face is the most important thing. Hundred percent. Especially if you come off, you know, genuine and honest and all that good stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 mail vacant properties all the time, but it's likely that a lot of times we're not even getting to that person. But if you door knock that person. 90% chance you're going to be able to, to track them down.
2: You got it, man. You hit the nail on the head. I love it. So um, how can
1: people, so now do you do any, you know, your market would be perfect for this. And I don't know if there's other people in your market that do this, but do you guys do any like turnkey rental business
2: at all? So no, that's who we wholesale to. So we wholesale to the turnkey rental companies. Um, we don't do turnkey rentals. Um, we I used to do what I call turnkey for a fee, which means you buy the house, you pay me to manage the project to fix it up. I put it with a trusted property manager. I make a five to 10K managing the project for you, but you can usually get in at 80 to 90 cents on the dollar instead of paying- yep full market value from a turnkey company. So I used to do that when I was kind of starting out. Um, I don't do it anymore, but I can... Um, if, if anyone listening to this is interested in turnkey properties in Birmingham, I can help you get 80 to 90 cents on the dollar through other avenues, people who I, I trust. Um, it's not me, but people who I trust um, very, very much in this business. Because as you know and I know, there there are a lot of bad people in the real estate business. There are a lot of cutthroat. Um, type of people. And I don't, I disassociate myself with people like that. I have a really, really truly giving heart. I try to give as much as I can Um, with all the content we put out, our podcasts and stuff like that. So um, if someone does want to reach out to me, I can definitely um, point them in the right direction to someone who can help them get a turnkey rental at 80 cents on the, on the dollar. Not, you know, you're not going to get 60, 70 cents, but because we're just not in that kind of real estate climate right now um but maybe maybe when we take another correction i can help you with that
1: <laughs> yeah well i think it, like the, the crazy thing is like i could get 70 cents in the dollar in my market and i still won't cash flow you can get 92 cents in the dollar in your marketing still cash flow so it's like i i don't think it you know getting the difference between getting you know at 85 cents in the deal marketing dealing your market versus 75 cents or whatever it really doesn't have a big net impact on the overall investment i mean you're talking about maybe what like 10 grand differential in price yeah yeah especially that price
2: point right you're right there it is kind of negligible so um yeah it's 50 bucks a month on your mortgage
1: yeah you're exactly right so from a cash flow perspective it's like it's, it's really to me 100%. like yeah it's just a matter of like does this type of investment make sense for you And I think for a lot of people, I mean, I've got tons of people um, that are, that listen to the podcast in areas like California and Phoenix that, you know, it's just like guys like us, we have cash, but we don't have the cash flow properties. I'm actually, honestly, I'm really disappointed in, like, I wanted to have like a thousand units by, by, by this point, but I've, I've had to, you know, put the brakes on because I just don't want to overpay.
2: Don't do that, man. I don't do I'm, not, like, I'm not going I, to. I mean, I, I just, think, I think we're at a, a pivotal time. right? A, a lot of people disagree with me, but I think we're at a pivotal time right now where man, I told you I'm sitting on cash. Yeah. I'm sitting on most, I bought three houses this year when I bought, you know, you know, 10 the year before that, I thought I was going to keep buying more and more and more, like you said. And I just made the decision. The start of 2017 is like, I'm not buying anything this year unless I can get it 2012 prices. Yeah. Nothing. Not a yeah. single thing I bought. You know, so I bought three houses this year and the rest of the cash, we just pump our money into, there are a couple of stocks that we, um, we believe in that are just doing crazy things. And I know it's in a stock show. <laughs> I yeah, see yeah. the look on your face, That's Okay, That's um, all right. but, but I just believe in being liquid right now because the mo- the people who are going to survive the next correction are the people who are liquid and the people who do can take advantage. You know, it's like Warren Buffett. When, if everybody's buying, what should you be doing? Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I was in a mastermind group last night. We we're doing, um, something on, on zoom and we we're doing, um, a big, you know, kind of thing. it was really an awesome little round table where there's one guy who's talking about in a market like this, where it's so hot, why not sell everything? and become a private lender because there's so many people that want to borrow money to do flips, become a private lender, get 12, 15, 18% return on your money that you can turn over twice a year. So you're getting that twice, right? With points and, and, and all this other stuff. So take that money. And then when the next, then you're liquid, the next downturn in the market, you're so liquid that you can just go buy, 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 buy. Cause Warren Buffett said it best. If everybody's, if everybody's buying right now, why are you buying? So, but wouldn't you, if you were a hard money lender
1: in that scenario, wouldn't you be, be lending to people who are kind of overpaying
2: and be at, at risk at that point? At, I'm never lending at more than 65, 70, 70% LTV. Yeah. So, and yeah. I don't, and I'm not going to lend everything. I'm going to lend purchase, not repair. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, so, you know, the bottom, bottom line, re- the bottom line
1: with what you're saying is you're going to have so much equity in that property. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Correct. And that's important because there are lenders out there who are really pushing the limits today, even national lenders.
2: Because it's harder to find deals to lend on because the deals aren't there. So they're all all having to uh, push the envelope. And I don't – look, guys, I'm a conservative, conservative investor, all right? Um, I want – my money is safe. You know, um, I, I used to watch Shark Tank all the time, and the, the guy Kevin O'Leary, um, the guy that always sits in the middle, they call him Mister Wonderful. He used, he used to say, "I send when I send a dollar out, it's like a little army soldier, and his job, his only job, is to go out there and capture another dollar and bring it back to me." Yeah, and th- and that's how I feel about my money. I'm so I'm so safe and protective of it, but I want to make sure I get the right return, but it's in a safe investment. And right now, um, I'm doing I'm doing something that that a lot of people aren't talking about is I'm sitting on a little, little bit more cash than I normally would just so I can take advantage when the market tanks, it's not going to tank, but when it, there's a correction, I'm going to go in, I'm in a position to scoop up a bunch of properties. Mm. and There aren't going to be very many people that are going to be in that position because I want to buy when it's at its lowest and I want to sell when it's at its highest. What is it at right now? It is, it's at its highest. Yeah. You said before when we first got started that that you don't think it can sustain that there's the numbers in Boston are, are crazier than they've ever been. Yeah. You know? So that's and- that's where I am and that's, and that's my personal opinion. You can take it or leave it. I I would just encourage anyone listening to this to don't be leveraged as high as you can possibly leverage and don't and, and stay a little bit liquid in case the worst were to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's you know, so much we covered today. Um, I want to thank you for for coming on and you know sharing all your wisdom and uh, you know just in, incredible market that you're in right now. Um, definitely very jealous on, on some aspects of it. So uh, keep you know keep putting in the work and you know thank you for coming on today.
2: Yeah, can I tell people how to get a hold of me if they if they want to try to
1: reach out to me? Yeah, I'm one of the one of the worst uh, hosts, right? I you know no. I don't hit on anything. I just freestyle, and I forget I forget all the important things. So, how can people reach out to you? What's the easiest way?
2: Yeah, thank you, um, guys. Listen, if if you want to just email me, um, I've got a book coming out in March, and I want to give it away to you for free. And if you just email me and say, "Hey, I heard you on the podcast. I'd like a copy of this free book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send it to you for free." Um, just email me at info. At you can see it behind us. I don't know if it's going to be a video or it's kind of it's probably going to be both. It's both. Alla, info at alarea.com. dot com, and that's that's the REA that we lead. It's the Alabama Real Estate Investor Association. So it's info at a l a r e i a dot com.
0: Thanks for listening to Agent Investor and especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.